All right. Here we are. And uh, just want to again just bless you with the peace of the Lord and to tell what we're going on this morning. I have Peter with us, Peter Newberger, and he and his wife Rebecca are missionaries to Rwanda and East Africa. We've been supporting them, partnering with them for what they're doing over there for quite some time. This morning, our prayer before the Lord is like you are infused with wild hope. That's our heart. That's our desire. We believe that we serve a God of hope, and he wants to make an exchange of any doubt, despair, sorrow with hope in your future and meet you right where you're at. So we want to infuse you with hope. And I just want to define hope real quickly again. Biblically, hope is not like, I hope it happens. It's wishful thinking. That's, that's not biblical hope. Biblical hope in the Bible is a joyful anticipation that good is coming. Really, because of the resurrection, we can have confidence that good is coming and be restored with hope for our future. So that's our, that's our prayer for this morning. So Peter and his wife are here in America right now uh, because they came to have their fourth child. That's right. Our first boy. <laughs> that is so awesome. Christopher. And so uh, they're here with us. If you don't know Peter, you need to meet him. He's a man of incredible faith, a lot of stories in God as he's ministered out in the mission field. And we're going to pull on those, those stories this morning uh, just to release faith. You know, the Bible says the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, which means when we give a testimony, the faith that's released opens the door for him to do it again. And right now, our culture, our valley, our state, our nation needs this infusion of hope um, that God is alive and he's at work in our midst. And so that's what we want to do. We're going to kind of dialogue with each other and with you out of Mark chapter 16. So... I trust that you're able to engage with us. We're going to some more conversational style going back and forth and, and, uh, and just recounting the historical story of Jesus being raised from the dead out of Mark 16. So if you have your Bibles, we have some of the scriptures that you'll be watching with us. I'll transfer to Mark 16 myself. And if you have children in the room, this is a great time for just to recount this story. So we'll try to be as engaging as we possibly can to help the young people stay engaged. Didn't you like the testimonies earlier of this kid saying, my finger was healed? So awesome. Just the different stories of, of the Lord moving. So we're going to look at the book of Mark. You ready, Peter? I'm ready. Okay. Keep the mic up for don't forget. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might come and anoint him. Very early on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. They were saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? It's kind of an interesting thought that these women and the disciples had been with Jesus for up to three years, and he had testified over and over again that he would be crucified, and on the third day he would raise again. In all four Gospels, it records it two or three times where he makes it really clear, this is what's going to happen. And, and somehow it was very difficult for them to comprehend that this, this man, this who has authority to heal, to walk on the water, to feed the multitudes, was actually going to die. It just 
didn't make sense to them, let alone raised from the third day. But he had prophesied. He had told them this was going to happen. And yet, here they are coming to the tomb, ready to anoint his dead body with spices and herbs, which was normal. And as they're going, they're thinking, oh yeah, that rock, that big, huge rock. The scholars say it it weighed somewhere between 1.5 and 2 tons. It would take 20 men to move that stone out of the way. And yet they have, they don't necessarily have faith for the resurrection, but they have love in their hearts for the Lord. And so they're going wondering, what, how are we going to get that stone rolled away? Verse 4 says, looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away, although it was extremely large. Mm-hmm. Wow. We just kind of want to stop and like talk about the miracle of the stone being moved and, and believe that the Lord wants to move mountains for us. That's right. Even today, that the Lord wants to step into our circumstances. And we may have, we may have things like a huge stone in our lives that's in the way of what we believe our destiny is or our future. And, and I believe the Lord wants to move stones as big as mountains out of our lives today. Amen. Peter has a couple stories of mountains that have been moved in, over in Africa, and I want him to share some of those. Yeah, we had an incredible time last month. And just hearing that story, Dennis, um, when you think about the stones and the mountains that are in our ways as believers, some of those can be very big. Some of those can be weighty. Those affect um, our lives and our livelihoods, our ability to provide for our families. And in these times that we're in, these crazy times, there are people, I know there are people watching that have been affected by everything and they're wondering those questions and what God can do in those situations. And so... Um, that got me thinking of this testimony uh, from from the trip that happened, and you'll be really encouraged. So, a little backstory: two years ago, in the nation of Rwanda, the government passed some rules and regulations on churches. And what happened as a side effect of those uh, regulations is that several thousand churches were closed in the nation wow. um, because they had to bring things up to code, and there were a few things in that. And so many of the village churches that don't have large congregations, they couldn't raise money to do that, so they were shut down. Mm-hmm. So we've been ministering to these pastors and leaders, many that have had their churches shut down for several years now. And so during our mission trip, part of the days we went up into the villages, we got out from the city and we were going into villages. We were in one village in particular, and we were with one of the pastors, his name's Pastor Leo, came and was a part of our team. Even though he had lost his church, he came to be part of what God was doing. He still loved God, and he still was doing what he knew how to do, even though there wasn't a natural way for him to do it because the government had shut his church down. Well, when we were in the village, we had team members going around, and there was a woman there with an issue of blood. For three years, she had a hemorrhage that was going on. The community knew who this woman was. The government officials and leaders knew who she was. Um, It was known. And it took one team member and one moment of prayer, and she received a miracle and was completely healed, verified by the community and the governmental leaders, which is amazing Come for on. that woman. Come on. But when God does something, there's more to it than just the first thing that you see. There's layers upon layers of restoration when God moves. So here's what happened. is Out of that one miracle... Five other people in that village were saved. They came to church and they got saved when they heard the testimony. 
but also what happened is when the governmental leaders in the community heard about this miracle, they came, they verified it, and they were astonished and amazed, so much so that the governmental leaders allowed Pastor Leo to reopen his church because they saw the power of God come. They saw the presence of God was real, and they said, no, you can open because what you're doing is changing lives. So good. And then the community saw this, and they said, we're going to help raise money so you can bring your church up to code to Come be in compliance on. with the law. And the government officials said the same thing, that they would help, that they would sow money in wow. to seeing it restored. What a transformation. That's the power of restoration. When God moves, that's what he's doing. There's so many layers to that. That's so good. And that should be an encouragement for people who are out there that maybe you have lost everything. Maybe yeah. you have lost your job. Maybe your business has shut down. But there's always opportunities for God to do something radical right. in an area that you weren't anticipating. But when we have love and devotion, yeah. like Mary was in this testimony, that she didn't even know that Jesus was resurrected, but out of love and devotion, she positioned herself to be in the garden yeah. so that she was the first one to know that Jesus was alive. Come on. She got the honor of that out yeah. of love and devotion. So good. And so for all of you who are watching, I'd like to encourage you with this testimony yeah. and realize that just follow the Lord, and there's restoration in everything that he's doing, and he wants to use you maybe in some unique areas and some different areas, but he's leading you to position you to yeah. see the restoration of all that was lost. That's so good. Yeah, I really feel called for us like to minister um, out of these testimonies. And, and so if you're, if you're in the room and you are a businessman and you're kind of in that place where pretty stressful right now, maybe you're not even open and maybe you've just lost your job, but I want you to stand up in faith. That's your step of faith. Mm -hmm. And I want to share another testimony of provision. One of the fellows in our church sent me a testimony yesterday where his business has been shut down uh, really since the second week of March or right after the second week of March. And he said his uh, business manager came to him. She said our first quarter's income was 12.5% more than last year. And that's with one less doctor and that's also with two and a half weeks of us mandated being shut down in the, in the month of March. And so in the midst of this hard time, the Lord is still bringing provision. And I just want to agree with that. Provision over business people, over people who've lost their jobs, over families. So can you just come into that? Yeah. All right, let's pray. Yeah. Father, I just ask that right now. Um, where people are standing yeah. in their living rooms and their houses, yes, that this God. would be an opportunity for encounter. We don't pray this just because it's a religious prayer. We are declaring this into the atmosphere because yes. you are the God who answers the prayers of the saints. Then when we come before your throne, that there can be a yes. And so right now, Lord, I ask yeah. that you would give a yes for all of those who are wondering about provision, yeah. wondering where their help is going to come from, that they would see what you are doing, that you would begin to move in ways that they would see that they can partner with in faith and partner with in obedience yeah. to see the provision of God come and yes, be released God. into people's lives. New jobs, temporary yeah. jobs. If you lost a job right now, Lord, I just prayed that there are, are jobs that are available, that new jobs would open up, new opportunities, yes, new Lord. business opportunities, creative ideas of doing new things and new businesses. Yes, that God. even now that you would add income streams to people that they didn't even anticipate um, even a few weeks ago, but even now you're opening yeah. things up and releasing yeah. provision, 
releasing opportunities and releasing breakthrough in the Amen. name of Jesus. Yeah, Lord. Yeah, Father, you're a way maker when there seems to be no way. And we just declare that over every person that's watching right now, the, the faith to believe that when there seems to be no way, mm -hmm. you make a way in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. There's one other area you had a testimony of, of a woman mm -hmm. um, who wasn't able to have a baby. Could you share that? I'm supposed to yeah. pray over that, too. Yeah, that's a good one, too. There's a lot of good testimonies, I'll be honest, but I'm always impacted by these type of testimonies. So at another church, we're out in the village. One of our team members, who's an office manager from North Carolina, uh, not an ordained minister or anything like that, but part of our team, she was out in a, in a village, in a village church on the first Sunday we were there. And, you know, when you go, you pray for people. And so there was a woman who came up who was married, her husband was there, and she had them both come up, and they had been barren for years. They've wow. been trying to have kids, and they haven't been able to have kids. And this is a big deal in Africa. Mm -hmm. Having children is like a sign that like, you. you're blessed. Like There's a value on it. And so not having kids brought a shame on their family and to their families, and they were feeling this. We've seen this all over Africa. So this, this office manager from North Carolina <laughs> prayed. So, you know, those type of prayers, you don't really know what's going to happen. Right. Um, because, you know, it just takes a little while. So a week ago, probably eight or nine days ago, we got an email from the pastor of that village church. Come on. Sent a message and says, just wanted you to know the people that you prayed for, they've been confirmed by the doctor they are now pregnant. Come on. After years of barrenness, yeah. of having nothing, and one prayer, one on. opportunity with Jesus, and yeah. now... She's hold, she has a baby inside of her that's growing. So if you're one of those that you've been wanting a child and mm -hmm. it hasn't happened yet, I want you to stand. Uh, I just The resurrection basically opens the mm -hmm. door to supernatural intervention. With God, nothing is impossible. And then the word says, for those who believe, nothing's impossible. Mm -hmm. And so right now we're in agreement with this testimony that there are uh, people who are wanting to have a baby that have yes, not Lord. been able to have a baby, that because of this Resurrection Sunday and our prayer today and everybody that's watching online agree with us, uh, that people will have babies. So right now I decree fruitfulness over wombs. Mm -hmm. Open wombs yes, in the name of Jesus. Your word, Lord, says be fruitful and multiply. And every family, every heart that has that desire, Lord, it's a command of heaven that we would step into that. And so open wombs, what the enemy has stolen, mm -hmm. we speak life and fruitfulness over right now in Jesus' name. I restore yes. hope for anybody who have lost hope and having a child in the powerful name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. I love that story. Yeah, Come on. Well, let's read some more. <clears throat> it says, uh, looking up, verse 4, looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away, although it was extremely large. Entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting at the right, wearing a white robe, and they were amazed. And he said to them, do not be amazed. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who has been crucified. He has risen. He is not here. Behold, he, here is the place where they laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter. He is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. This verse 
is such a revelatory verse about God's heart for the one. And you know the story of Peter. Most of you do. That Peter lived three years with Jesus. He was one of the first ones that Jesus said, come follow me. And he was a fisherman, right? And so he walked with Jesus for three years. And he loved Jesus. He was devoted to Jesus. But there in that last time of Jesus being arrested and betrayed, Peter got confused. And so at that point of time, Peter ended up denying Jesus three times. So this, this particular verse where the angel says, go tell disciples and Peter gives witness to God's heart for all of us at times who fall short or have failed. And, and we kind of want you to like get the feeling of what it was meant to be like to be a follower of Jesus. So we have a video that we want to show you from the chosen. If you if you've had The Chosen, haven't watched The Chosen after seeing this video, you're going to want to. But it's a, an idea of what it meant for Jesus to heal somebody. This is the story of Jesus healing a leper. And I just want to give you a quick background on lepers. Lepers were people who were ostracized, isolated in their culture. It was a horrible disease. Uh, their flesh would actually rot. Their skin would, would rot. And uh, the, the Jewish people felt like it was a curse from God. And so therefore, if you were a leper, you were isolated. You couldn't go to the temple. You could not worship God. You did not have the favor of God in their mindset. And if you touched the leper, then you were no longer able to go and worship the Lord in the temple. And the leper, if they got close to you, was supposed to call out, I'm unclean, I'm unclean, I'm unclean, to keep people away from them. One other kind of interesting tidbit that you'll find interesting today, since we're supposed to wear masks, is they were supposed to cover their face and just to not contaminate people. So Jesus and the disciples are in this place. Peter is in this story with Jesus. We want you just to get a feel for what it was like to follow Jesus. So if we could watch this, that would be awesome. Not to spoil this beautiful day or anything, huh? <laughs> Come on. Not too shabby. <laughs> wow. I've watched that probably five times every time I want to cry. God's heart for the one again comes out. Jesus loved the one. And the power of the resurrection demonstrated actually before he raised from the dead. And so I just, I just want to think about this for a minute that Peter felt that shame and that guilt because he had betrayed his Lord. And so the angel says, tell the disciples and Peter, because Peter had watched Jesus do amazing things. He had a lot of remorse. And we just want to talk about that for a few minutes and how it affects us today, that some of us are in a place where we have fallen short. Like Peter, we've not followed the Lord the way we should have. I understand we've lost our cameras so they're working on that. We'll see if we can get that back. But at least you can still hear our voices. Right, Peter? That's right. Okay. Um, so we just want you to enter into this, this moment of the angel testifying to Peter, the Lord sees you and he cares about you. You want to speak into that, Peter? Yeah. I mean, you think about the parables. Jesus talked about going for the one. Yeah. You know, finding the one. And that's the heart of the Father, that no matter where anyone is at, no matter what they've done, no matter what they've been through, God sees and he knows. And he is not content that any should perish. Right. 
And so he pursues us. He pursues you. And there's always a moment we just cry out to God and he meets us right there because he never left us. That's the truth of the gospel is that even when we are in darkness and lost, he never leaves us. He's just waiting for us to open our eyes and see him. Yeah, I want to share a verse with you out of 1 John uh, chapter 2, verse 2. It says, Jesus is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Peter is being forgiven. Actually, he was already forgiven since Peter's sins were paid for on the cross. Jesus went to the cross as the atoning sacrifice. But he actually, because he was the Lord of of God, he was the creator, he actually could have all of the sins laid on his back. And so if you're here today, I just want to invite you to know that you can trust in Jesus and you can believe in him today that all your sins have been paid for on the cross. And uh, what a beautiful, beautiful invitation that angel gives Peter. Mm -hmm. Come on. So good. Very good. All right, we're going to read on here and finish the story up. I love that. They went out and fled from the tomb for trembling and astonishment. These are the women had gripped them and they said nothing to anyone for they were afraid. Now, after he had risen early on the first day of the week, he first appeared to Mary Magdalene from whom he had cast out seven demons. She went and reported to those who had been with him while they were mourning and weeping And when they had heard that he was alive and had been seen by Mary Magdalene, her, they refused to believe it. After that, he appeared in a different form to two of the men while they were walking along the way on the country road. They went away and reported it to the other disciples, but they too did not believe them either. Can I just say, faith is a journey. It's a journey, and you may be on that journey and you have good company, the disciples who walk with Jesus, I think the idea of him being raised from the dead is almost too good to be true. And sometimes to believe in Jesus feels too good to be true, but we're here to give witness that it is really good and it's really true. And so you're in good company. I trust that you'll walk in this journey of, of gaining faith and believing. Verse 14, afterward he appeared to the eleven themselves as they were reclining at the table and reproached them for the belief, unbelief and hardness of heart because they had not believed those who had seen him after he had risen. I just want to uh, share something really quick about this whole thing. The Lord is telling this story to you today in the Gospel of Mark to testify of his love for you and that he knows when we're struggling with doubt and unbelief. But he's big enough to come even in the midst of that and show himself to you. And oftentimes, it's just a simple voice or a quiet whisper. Sometimes it's a miracle, a sign and a wonder. And so we're here today because one of the things we want to do across the environment is like break down fear. We cast fear away from all of you in Jesus' name. We bind the spirit of fear and we say go and we loose the gift of peace over your home and each one of you. All right. We're going to finish up the story, which is powerful. Verse 14. Afterward, he appeared to the eleven themselves as they reclined at the table. And they saw him. And then he commissioned them. Verse 15. 
Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. He who has believed has been baptized shall be saved, but he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. These signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will pick up serpents, and if they drink deadly poison they shall not die or it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. I just want to hand this over to Peter. But if you're a follower of Christ, you've been commissioned just like these disciples. In John chapter 20, he said the Lord blew on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And said, as the Father has sent me, so send I you. And Peter's just going to share two or three miracle stories. Yeah. Yeah, we had a good time last month just seeing what God was doing. And uh, I remember three hours into our conference, Holy Spirit showed up, and it, it was wild. Um, but one of our team members was in the back of the room with a lady that had a baby strapped on her back, because that's where all the young mothers were. And she had a broken arm, and her bone was sticking out of the skin. And um, you could tell that was probably very difficult for her to handle. But when he laid her hands and prayed on her, it popped back into place, and she started swinging her arm around like this. That's crazy. Shouts of joy. I mean, it was, those are, those are moments you live for in, in, in ministry. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and what, what's remarkable about the few I'm going to share quickly is none of them, the people that God used, none of them were ordained ministers. Uh-huh. None of them are pastors. None of them are evangelists. They're just believers. Yeah, yeah. And that's the key word. These signs shall accompany those who believe. Yeah. Um, we had another village, we were in a different village, and there was a man who was dumb for six weeks, he couldn't talk, the whole village knew, the leadership in the government knew who he was, um, and it took one moment of prayer with one person, and he was instantly, his mouth was open, he was able to declare Jesus as Lord. Come on. And what's great about that testimony is that pastor's church from that village was closed, and those government leaders said, you can now reopen because we know the presence of God is here. Two churches like that opened That's because amazing. of a miracle of God. Livelihoods restored. Those pastors' livelihoods were restored. So good. Through the, through the work of the Lord. Um, we had another one in a different church, in a different village, and there was a woman that had a walking stick, and that's how she had to get around, was to hobble around with a walking stick. And the power of God hit her when someone prayed for her, and she threw away the walking stick Come and on. left it. She did not take it home. She just started dancing and walking yeah. and rejoicing. And everybody in the church just started testifying and praising God. And, uh, I mean, we had another one at another church. We had someone that was deaf in one of their ears for 10 years. Ten years, deafness in the air, and one prayer in a moment, God touched them and it opened and they could hear. Yeah, come on. We had a Baptist pastor that had never seen miracles, but we sent our team there, and he had had a hearing problem for three months in his ear. It was like clogged and whatnot, and through a simple prayer, his ear was open, and not only that, his wife was healed, and about 15 people in his church got saved. Even though they had been coming to church, they weren't believers, but they got saved, and he came to this meeting with joy and a happy brokenness, come on. asking all the pastors of the community to come and be part of this baptism service to baptize all these new believers. Come on. That I sounds mean, like a revival happening right there. It was. 
Come on. It really was. I mean, there's testimony after testimony after testimony of what God is doing. Yeah. And I just want to encourage people that God sees, He knows, and He is here, and He can do a miracle in your life as well. Yeah. Um, we saw, even with coronavirus, we had a good friend in Brazil that came down with it. He was hospitalized. He was not looking good. He was having trouble breathing. He was taking oxygen treatments. The call went out worldwide. We prayed, and two days later, he was released from Come the hospital. On. So good. You know? All right, so here's what we want to do. And you should receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So in your rooms, wherever you are, just put your hands out. You may want to stand. And we're just going to pray. Peter's going to pray that the power of the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, dwells inside of you. And the Lord wants to loose you into miracles and signs and wonders. Notice that it says they followed them. It's not like something we're like trying to make them happen. We're just proclaiming the good news of Jesus and miracles, signs and wonders happen yeah. because we're lined up with what we're on the earth for in this hour. So can you just pray over everybody mm -hmm. right now? Hold your hands up or stand up. <laughs> yeah, come on, Jesus. Mm -hmm. Father, my prayer is that you would reveal to all those who believe that Miracle signs, wonders, the supernatural is yeah. an outflow of the normal Christian life. Yes, that God. you would open our eyes and just believe. Simple faith, simple obedience, that wherever you lead yeah. us, wherever you give us an assignment, there's an anointing to go with us to fulfill that assignment. Whether it's praying for the sick person yeah. in church, whether it's praying for a co-worker at work that needs a breakthrough, whether it's praying for a neighbor that needs a financial breakthrough right now in this hour. So Lord, I pray that you would release a fresh anointing yeah. on all those who are watching right now, those who will watch later. Lord, I pray that there would be an impartation and a fresh anointing for breakthrough, for kingdom yeah. breakthrough, that whatever the need is, that your children, your sons and daughters, would step up and step out in faith and be the conduit of heaven to release the resources of heaven for those who need resources in this hour, yeah. whether they're health resources, financial resources, emotional resources. There's more than enough in the kingdom of God, and we declare that yeah. over the valley today. We declare that over Alaska, over the United States, yeah. and over this world. Everyone watching from all the different places there's more than enough and we release the resources of heaven through believers to step out yeah. and be as Christ to those who are looking for a Messiah in this hour Amen. that we would point all of the lost the broken and the hurting to Jesus Amen. and that there would be a harvest even in this time of crisis there is a harvest yes. in the name of Jesus and we're going to see it swept into the kingdom of God and swept into the church yeah. for the sons and daughters of God that know the times and the seasons the opportunities exist so yeah. open your eyes and see the opportunities that God is bringing into your yeah. life and your situation so that you can be Christ for those who are looking for a Messiah and that people Amen. will know that Jesus is Lord and be swept in during this season and during this crisis in Jesus name in Jesus name come on so good so good we're just gonna if you want to continue standing we're just gonna worship another song and then take communion together lifting up the name of Jesus over your neighborhood over your home your family this valley and the whole nation and the planet, by the way. If you're in, in Rwanda or Uganda, I know some of Peter's friends are watching over in Africa. We just declare the name of Jesus over Africa and the whole planet. Yeah, come on. Let's go ahead and worship.
Jesus. You know, I woke up this morning with such a excitement. I love Easter. I've always loved Easter. It's just one of the most special days to me. And I've been thinking about how a lot of noble, good people have sacrificed and died for things they really believed in. And that's all well and good. But only God raised up on the third day only God. And I've been thinking about what he paid for and why we take communion and why we celebrate today. And I want to share with you, um, Benny Johnson has a book, The Power of Communion, and I I highly recommend it. It just was a four-hour read on Audible, so (laughs) it's just easier when you're driving. But I want to share an excerpt from this book this morning. Jesus died for our sins and for our sicknesses. We heard that testified of this morning, didn't we? Anything that threatens to steal, kill, or destroy our life in him is not from him. When he went to the cross, he carried with him every dark thing of the enemy and was the eternal sacrifice on our behalf. Isaiah 53 says, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. Yeah. And by his stripes we are healed. This passage of scripture prophesies the crucifixion and the only moment that God had to turn his face from Jesus. When Jesus took the weight of sin upon himself, there was no way for God to be part of that. Can you imagine the sorrow that Christ would have experienced? He had known what it was like to live in total union with the Father. Mm. I imagine that it would have been crushing for him to be without God's presence. I've thought a lot about that this week. And I I was thinking about how guilty I feel when I say something I shouldn't say or, you know, the shame that you feel. And um, I was thinking about, think of everyone in the world that ever was and ever will be and all the sin all the shame all the bad thoughts all the bad actions all of that was placed upon a completely sinless god and then his heavenly father couldn't look at sin anymore and he had to i just can't imagine the weight of that upon jesus I know he was beaten to death, but I think he was crushed to death with our sins, too. And so I'm just so thankful, though, that that wasn't the end. Amen. Yeah. Sunday's coming, and Sunday came, and and we just, we get to celebrate and live forever because Jesus paid, and then he rose. Come on. So grateful. So why is the big question, why? Because of his love. That's why. God demonstrated his love, the Bible says, for us. And while we were yet sinners, all of us are in the same boat. (laughs) All of us have fallen short. While we were yet sinners, Christ died on our behalf. It's because of love. You'll never find love like this anywhere else. He loves us in spite of our challenges. He loves us and created us for glory. 
and uh, he came to redeem us and buy us back to be his kids, his sons and his daughters. And uh, it, it, I was 21 when I came into Salvation Faith, and I want to give you an opportunity to consider today putting your trust in Christ. I think it's important to know that that small band of people that witnessed the resurrection actually became a powerful army willing to die for this truth. Jesus is alive. And that witness over now 2,000 years is still propagating. There's over 2 billion believers on the planet because of their witness from becoming a fearful Jewish band, 120, to becoming a powerful witness even unto death. They died, many of them, for their faithful witness that Jesus is alive. And so I just, even now, I'm going to uh, give a scripture for you, and you can believe as we're taking communion. But Romans 10:9 says this, If you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And, uh, and so I'm just going to invite you to pray a prayer and then take communion with us or, or pretend if you don't have the elements, okay? Just simple prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you for coming to the earth to show the Father's heart for me. Thank you, Jesus, that you personally, as the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of, of the world, that you became the sacrificial lamb for my sins, that you died in my place so that I can have everlasting life, be forgiven and walk with you all the days that I'm on the earth and then forever be with you. Thank you that you forgive me. I believe in you. I trust you. And I believe you raised from the dead today. And I ask you to be in my heart, in my life. Take my life and demonstrate your goodness to others today. I pray this prayer in faith, trusting in you as my Lord and Savior. You say it in your own words. I got kind of fast there, I know. In Jesus' name, thank you. We're going to go ahead and remember the work of Jesus on the cross. I think it's kind of humorous, just so you know. When Brenda sat down, because she's one that cares about uh, color combinations, she says, oh, no, I clash with these flowers. <laughs> well, that's Tanner's fault, because Tanner didn't warn her what to wear to match the flowers. So I just want to, I say that because we're not perfect people, but we have a perfect Savior. And, uh, and we, <laughs> we want to remember right now, the body that was broken, that we can be made whole. Let's remember together. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just release wild hope into everybody's hearts right now. Whoever needs healing of the heart, of the emotions, of the body, of the finances, of family relationships, I just declare the healing power of Jesus that he paid for on the cross. He said in the same Way, remember our, my blood, the precious blood of the Lamb was spilt so that I might have life and have joy. I'm just speaking joy over all of you right now. This is about joy being His and He being ours. So let's remember the blood that purchased us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I want to recommend, if you're on that journey of faith, I want to rec recommend a book that really helps you have reason to believe. It's not just a blind step of faith, more than a carpenter. And uh, you can dial up 
864-6701 and text um, whatever you want. I want that book. And I will do whatever I can to mail you that book. Give us your address. Give us your contact information. We want you to know Jesus above all else. So we love you. God loves you more. Have a blessed, blessed Easter. Amen.